All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we are jamming with Carly, who is acclaimed author, organizational and leadership development consultant, Stanford instructor, a sought-after speaker who ignites conscious leadership in individuals, teams, and executives to activate business to be a force for good. We've got a little bit of a different flavor to the episode today because Carly and I are going to be going back and forth as we're going to share this episode on, on both our podcasts. So there'll be a little bit more questions being flipped my way as well, and, and vice versa. It's a bit of an experiment, but having multiple chats now, uh, having had multiple chats now with Carly, uh, this should be really fun because we, we definitely align on a lot of different things. So Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking to you. And I, I feel like we're going to have some really great gifts for folks at the end of the year. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, b- before we, we jump into all the questions and go down that track, uh, I'd love to just, you know, start the show off with who are you? Like who, you know, titles aside and bio aside, who are you? I am a daughter, a sister a proud auntie, mm. a climate activist, a very loyal friend, a torchlighter. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> a sea turtle rescuer <laughs> and a lover of optimizing my mind, body, and heart in all the best of ways. What about oh. you, Mark? I'm going to throw that back uh, at you. I had a feeling something like this was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> you know, for, I guess for me, what feels most right, because I, I really do think, you know, depending on where we're at or when that question's asked, I mean, the, the response, um, you know, there's there's core themes that stick around, but like it evolves, right? Like as we, as we evolve. So right now, um, I would just say I'm a curious human in kind of all senses of of the world or word and just trying my best, whether that's with, you know, my two boys and my wife and family and friends, as well as business, just to ask questions and and be as present as possible to like hear and listen to the whispers, like the signs of like what's happening and try everything possible to not let my mind get in the way of, of those whispers. So I found uh, over the years, that questions and the curi- and like our curiosity is one, you know, powerful tool to uh, achieve that, right? Or at least slow down the narrative and and get a little bit clearer and give us that pause to think. So, so yeah, I I identify as as a curious human. Wonderful, thank you. Well, I know that we're aware with some of the clients and the companies that we've been serving, there's a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity and complexity again. Yeah. And this is the time for conscious leadership, for mental fitness. So perhaps we can talk about what we're doing to support ourselves through the fog, we could say, um, the waves. But also provide some insights for others. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think like what we can always count on uh, 
I guess another way to say this is like what 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 is certain is uncertainty at all times. I mean, we seem to be in a heightened version of that, but for the most part, uh, we can always count on change yeah. and um, uncertainty in a way. And with that, typically comes uh, levels of of discomfort, right? Personally and professionally, you know, as we speak, and we're we're going to air this, you know, before the year ends, just because uh, it's just a good natural, I think, time of more stillness and reflection but as as we're speaking i mean there's a lot there's a lot of disruption especially in in the tech world um with teams and individuals and jobs and so forth and i don't know what what you're seeing with with your clients but i feel it just there seems to be a level of almost like what do we do now like we're working in in an era where you know, there's people that don't want to work at certain companies or they've spent time and they're, they've asked big questions and realized there's not a fit. And then there's, you know, so there's such a massive, uh, you know, gap in trying to hire people. But then at the same time, there's a lot of layoffs happening. So it's just uh, a work, like it's like a tornado of, of people and culture in a way. And I feel like, you know, companies and, and, and leaders, especially right now, like, it's a good time to just take a bit of an audit of like what like what are you what are you seeing and hearing like what what are you feeling like what's actually you put away all the emails and all the noise and the headlines and so forth like what what are you feeling like you leverage that incredible mind of of yours and spend some time with a you know a notebook and a pen or or journaling app or something just like unloading and and releasing what's in your mind so I feel like there's a lot of answers there that are probably masked with a bunch of emotion. And um, I know I'm doing that for myself personally, just trying to understand, okay, well, which which clients, which projects, which you know activities and initiatives feel most right for 2023 versus you know, just like grabbing everything possible and trying to, you know, be patient and and being focused and making sure that, okay, well, these ones are the ones I've, I've got to be patient, but these are the ones that feel the most aligned and know that the more I point myself in that direction, the more of that, uh, those opportunities will surface, right? If, if, of course, if you're putting in, you know, the work and the, and the quality of, of it. So, I mean, that's my perspective, perspective, like what, what are you seeing and feeling out there? Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean what I what I heard you say really was this this audit, this pause and I think you know part of part of conscious leadership and the framework that I use is is really like understanding what are the qualities inside that I can really own and take responsibility for and how I'm showing up. Mm. And one of the questions I've been asking myself is like, what am I uniquely here to do? Like, what is the light that I am supposed to shine that only I can do? Yeah, I like and that. That's really coming back to purpose and meaning. And ultimately, I'm not going to be satisfied in the work that I do without deeper purpose, but that's me. And I, you know, I think some folks may not totally know what their purpose is, or they haven't quite inquired around that. But for me, um, I I need to know that it's making a positive impact in the world and that there can be a sustainable impact. And I know you and I have talked 
you know, personally about this, this pivot that I have been very intentionally wanting to step into. And I'm feeling more and more confident that it's going to happen in 23. But part of what's challenging about consulting is that it's a project um, based kind of work. It could be three months, it could be six months. Okay, I just built out this leadership development program, or there's a contract for executive coaching or team coaching. But how is that really impacting the culture and the bottom line and the people if I only get six months with them? I mean, I see it. There's results pre and post. But I had this really wonderful opportunity a few years ago to work with Bank of the West, which I served for three and a half years. And it was like a full-time role. And I I loved it because I had all these opportunities to really create strong relationships. And it's about the relationship for me. Mm -hmm. And so I have been interviewing, applying, putting it out to my network since end of 2019. It has been a long slog of finding that right fit and role where I can bring all of my gifts around learning, leadership development, culture, teams, and social impact. And I'm excited for that all to unfold. How did you get to the point, like that point of clarity though, uh, Carly, of like knowing, because you've been, you know, you've been doing this for a while, over 10 years, right? Working with various teams and so forth on this topic. Um, How did you get to that point of just, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this path or this avenue and I want to go like, I'm really clear on working with a team and going, you know, coming into an organization. Like these are my unique, I guess, skills and gifts that I can provide. Did you have a flow or a set of questions or any practices that helped? Well, you know, this, the shift to that internal role had been building for a while. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm actually like, a CEO material. I'm more of that chief people person. Yeah, uh, I I can definitely support the strategy and the people, but not lead lead it entirely. You know, mm-hmm. I I definitely see myself in that senior leadership team. But honestly, when I got the contract with Bank of the West, it was just flow. Like. I worked really, really hard. I was writing my book at the same time, kind of had this superwoman energy. I don't know what was going on, but it was what Daniel Pink talks about. It was mastery. It was autonomy. It was purpose. It was all of those things and deeply satisfying. And I saw the impact day to day to day and across the whole organization. And unfortunately, when... When the budget was cut and the contract ended, I was like, I can't go back to (laughs) what it was like before this. This is what I want. And that's that's where I've been focused on since that ended. And it, it, you know, who knew 2020 was going to happen? So when you start interviewing and applying for roles in 2020, I don't know if I would have recommended that to most folks. (laughs) Fair, fair. Well, I mean, it, we've talked about this a, a little bit in the past, but this, to me, that like that concept, and I resonate with this as well. It's yeah. there's like a certain level of of surrendering to 
well, like you said it well to the to the flow and and I guess my example of that most recently has been like just this massive what felt like friction or push to constantly be reaching out and messaging various companies and so forth with the mental fitness work and and I find it's even harder in this field because you know it's not you're selling a product it's it's like you know that this will affect people's minds and it's almost there's another level of passion towards the actual work right so it, it makes i find it makes it even harder when the rejection kind of comes in or if you don't hear from people and so forth mm-hmm. and eventually i just kind of came to this conclusion where i was and i was reading uh, a, ver- a whole bunch of different books around the the power of like surrendering and just just really again hearing what's in the whispers essentially and and sure enough, you know, uh, someone, a dear friend of mine now at this point reached out and said, you know, like we, we run these corporate retreats and are bringing companies out to U.S. national parks and would love to integrate the mental fitness. And so we, we chatted back and forth and lined up the first one. And the first client was Google Pixel, which I had been spending, you know, probably a year and a half with so many meetings, you know, with various people from Google and just thinking, oh, so that's the sign I've been looking for. Like, you know, it, it's, it doesn't have to be this path of like massive friction. Like it's good enough for me to put in the work in terms of making sure, you know, she heard me on a podcast. So that was the the effort and the work promoting what I'm doing and so forth. But mm-hmm. like that is a better, a more uh, channel, I guess you can say that's in flow. And it was the most beautiful experience with that team um, because I was able to focus the energy on actually just really designing the experience specifically for what they were coming in with and, 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 and in an environment that was really conducive to let the mental fitness shine. And they, in, and they invited you um, as well, right? So they, yeah. were, they were already kind of excited about you and what you could bring. And I... I think just to ground this conversation a little bit for listeners, you know, one of the reasons Mark and I decided to talk about our own journey in the hustle and bustle of uncertainty of, you know, entrepreneurship is that I think it really applies to folks, whether you're entrepreneurial or not, but maybe you just lost your job. Um, Maybe you're looking for the next thing or you've been looking and applying you know, as I have, and it just hasn't landed yet. Mm-hmm. And I think we can we can be really hard on ourselves, right? With the rejections, with yeah. um, not being heard back about the status, or we can not take it personally. And again, keep keep knowing that we have something really important to give and to offer. And how can we really bring value in a way that maybe the business hasn't even thought about yet. Like, like what is the strategy apart from your fitting or filling, you know, this checklist of whatever it is, what else is the business not even thinking about that you could bring that you could, you know, add to the strategy of how this is going to become a more purposeful, impactful business because of the light that you have. So anyway, I've been thinking about that too. I don't, mm-hmm. and I I can hear from you. You're also feeling like what's needed now, and yeah. how do I how do I bring that value? Totally, I love. I mean, I love those prompts, and I feel 
you know, like I resonate because I, when part of my journey is, uh, I left the corporate space and then started an app and in the mental fitness uh, arena, and we reached a ton of people, but we had to shut it down. And in in that time, there was, and I'm only sharing this because for anyone that lost a job or is in transition, like I totally understand the emotions and feelings in this state. Like there's typically fear and anxiety and so forth. And I was in the same place when I had to shut that company down and, and like, now what? And when you when you think of those questions of like, what can you bring to a company or yourself and, and so forth, that my only suggestion would be to first do everything possible to put your mind in a thriving or happy state and even in your like the most challenging times, it's possible to jump into those states as long as you identify activities or practices that you know will put you there, right? Because the worst, the worst scenario is, or what's challenging, I find, because I've been there as well, is to ask those questions when you are in a survival mode of thinking. Because then you're not coming to answers that are probably the most aligned. It's usually... I need to make some money or I need to, you know, I need to get to the next month to be able to do X or whatever, right? To, to, to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's typically not when you, you know, you dive past the surface and kind of get to the core of like, hey, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. So for, for me, it was, it was really all about meditation or breath work or some gratitude practices. Mm-hmm. Um, even a question, and I return to this one often, that immediately shifts your state. But like, what if everything went right? And spend some time, you know, answering that question, you automatically put your mind in this expanded possibility or extended, uh, you know, uh, a state of, of, of opportunity, I should say. And then you can get into those other questions as well, right? And just let your mind flow there. Not to say that everything's like rosy and, and rainbows and butterflies. You have to be, I think we, we need to be realistic. But if we're going to ideate and ask questions, that are really deep like that. We want to uncover the real answers. Um, it's just helpful to be in a good state of mind when when doing that. And then you can always like resort back to it, right? When when you know you're going to flip into, you know, some of those fear states. That's just normal. That's how we're we're wired. We're wired to survive. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing, and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. Yeah, I love that you brought it back to calming the nervous system down, right? Because as we know, uh, we can only really get to that creative place when we're not in our sympathetic, when we're in our parasympathetic, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, one of the things that I did a few months ago, uh, you know, just after really feeling into what, what is mine to do, and this might be helpful for other people listening, I wrote out my dream job, you know, yeah. like, 
like, what are the tasks? What are the responsibilities? What are the skills that I have? And what would I love to be doing every day? And in fact, um, so I had an interview this morning with a financial institution that I'm very excited to support and serve. And I was introduced by a leader that knows me well and, and knows what I can offer. And I I actually sent her this job description that I created for myself. And I believe I it. it's called Dream Job <laughs> Responsibilities. <laughs> And so I think just having the vision and then, and then of course, grounding it in, what do they need? Mm -hmm. Of course. How can, how can I meet them where they are and know that this could be the deeper unfolding over time? Yeah. Well, I mean, I see it just in your face, like, you know, just even thinking about the dream job and the definition, like you can see the excitement and, and like the energy behind that. Right. And that, that has to translate to people on the other side. And it's just a beautiful, like I, I I often do something similar like that before going to sleep and just kind of almost like playing up the, your own movie to, to, to your life before you go to bed. And just, you know, there's a reason why there's these billion dollar businesses and sleep stories with common headspace. Like you can be your own sleep story, you know, yeah. just pick a topic, right? Like, whether it's the job or where you want to be living or you, what you want to be doing, or if you want to even just take a trip to Rome for the night and do the things that light you up. But there, there's just no downside in putting your mind in that thriving state. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I'd be interested given, you know, the amount of people you've interviewed as well, but the theme that I constantly see with, uh, people that I would say are top thinkers across a whole bunch of different industries is that they've figured out for themselves personally how to operate in a thriving state more days than not. And so it's not to say that, you know, they don't dip into, you know, uh, periods of high pressure or doubt or, or fear and, and so forth. But First of all, I think there's a heightened self-awareness aspect. To, okay, I'm in that state now. Um, what's going on? You know, why am I there? Just to understand what's fueling it. But then they have the practices and the rituals and the prompts and 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 um, the activities that can immediately shift them back into that state of possibility and and be able to lead and so forth. And I think that's really personalized to to everyone, just like physical exercises, you know, like I might like to run, but maybe you you don't, but that doesn't mean all of exercise is ruled out, right? Like find what works for you yeah. and you just feel better. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Like you you think at, an, uh, at another level, you're energized, the ripple effect of people around you are energized as well and you feel better. And I think we all deserve that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're speaking to, you know, this individual, I'm just going to use the word well-being again, really optimizing what works for well-being for you. And yeah. were you asking me, what do I do? To... I, I want to ask you that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so, there's so many things and I'd, I'd love to ask you too. I imagine we do some of the same things. Uh, so I've had a meditation practice since I was 19 and a yoga practice since I was 17. And 
Okay. It's been over 20 years, y'all. I'm not going to give away my age here right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean those those are foundations, you know, and the first thing in the morning is I I get into my body and I yeah. move and I shake and Sometimes I jump on my trampoline because that just helps really wake me up. And then I'm always meditating and I start the meditation practice with gratitude. Mm -hmm. And then I offer loving kindness to everyone, to all beings. And then I normally ask for what I am desiring and I I call it in, I I visualize it. And then my diet is, um, is, is, you know, very plant-based, lot all organics, fruits and vegetables. I recently in the last few months started sleeping with tape on my mouth because of the, oh, yeah. all the research behind the book Breath. And I've noticed mm. that that really helps. I take an hour to wind down. I mean, there's, there's lots of little things that I'm doing. Um, Andrew Huberman, which some of you all may know, we were both teaching at the School of Medicine at the same time at Stanford. And I just, I love all the neurobiology, neuroscience. And yeah, he, he's incredible to listen to. And I just find like, he keeps me in check and I'm like, oh yeah, I knew that. And I'm going to do more of that. Yeah. So yeah, supplements that I take as well. So yeah. What about you, Mark? Oh yeah. I mean, first of all, just on Andrew Huberman, because, uh, it's funny you bring bring him up. I've I've had this idea uh, for next year, and I'm, uh, we'll see. I'm curious to get your feedback. But I was just given how digestible his work is, or the way he brings science into you know so many beautiful topics. That the the I had this idea of taking what he's talking about from all the different mental fitness angles and almost doing like a curation of. Like these are the practices and prompts and whatnot that I'm seeing most often really create a, a shift and then mm-hmm. tying in the science that he's bringing up through all of his research and like marrying them up in a way. Um, because that's the part that, you know, that's not, and I don't pretend to be a psychologist or, 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 or pretend to have studied in that field, but that's the part that I don't have. And I'm always interested when I do read about different, you know, mental models and whatnot, I'm like, oh yeah, that's clearly the gratitude flow that we were talking about over here. So anyway, I uh, just wanted to share that since you brought his his name up. We'll ah. see where that where that goes. Um my flow has been what at least what I found has worked the best has been less prioritization on being super rigid with the practices and more so prioritizing the time. Um, and, and for me, it's, it's, it's usually a good hour in the morning or an hour and a half. And there's a mix of physical fitness and mental fitness. Right now, what's working really well or what's um, been helpful is starting the day uh, with a big glass of water and then some breath work. And I use uh, either I'm, I typically do Wim Hof style breathing exercises, or uh, mm-hmm. the one I use the most is Other Ship, um, which is just a really great bre- guided breath workout. There's a ton of different ups and downs and all arounds and so forth. And then in those breath holds that typically uh, present, I'll stack in some prompts that, you know, how do I want to show up today? Or, mm-hmm. You know, if I have a 
presentation or like even just coming back to that Google Pixel experience the week leading up to it, in those holds, I'd be doing the visualization of how those experiences were going to play out, at least in my mind first. And that's just, a you know, for me, like that's 10 minutes. That's not very long, but it's so powerful in the sense, like my mind and my whole body is, it's already, I'm already activated just from the oxygenation of, of the breath work. Mm-hmm. And then in those holes, anywhere from a minute to three minutes, there's a real, like, very core feeling of, of how that experience is going to feel, not just for me, but ideally, like, how will the people on the other side feel after they go through the experiences with, with me? So I always depend, it depends on what's going on, but I'll mix in different practices. Um, and then there's always journaling in some capacity after I'll do maybe 30 minutes of physical exercise, um, whether that's spinning or weights or something like that. And then typically do a bit of journaling um, and then jump into the day. But the biggest thing I've found that's been helpful, especially on the journaling front, is actually integrating the journaling throughout the day. Like if something happens or if I get an uh, an email that like throws my mind off, Instead of waiting for that, to, you know, waiting for the end of day or something to process it, I'll just take a minute or two, pull out my notebook, or I'll use a, a journaling app, and and just write out, like release that immediately, so that it doesn't hijack my mind for hours or or the rest of the day. And that's been that's been really fun because I've noticed a huge, huge shift in mood and and mindset just integrating it into the overall day. Yeah, that makes sense. Checking the narrative, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, what what am I nourishing my mind with right now? Is is that actually bringing me up or bringing me down? Yeah. yeah. Well, and just catching yourself and I find like that's where the mental fitness practices is, you know, and obviously you can resonate with this. The more you do them, the more self-aware you become, and then you catch those those loops. And then, and it's such a beautiful advantage to, to, to have when you're like, oh, there it is. Like I've, I've seen this one come up before. And now, yeah. now you have a, you know, you have a basket of tools essentially. Oh yeah, well, maybe I need a little bit of gratitude or maybe now's the time to take a bit of a walk and just, you know, mm-hmm. reset, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, again, like I just feel like we deserve less mental suffering. And, you know, these tools just provide that or at least give us the opportunity to to um to reset definitely you know i also wanted to just speak to for folks that might be listening and you know they're feeling like wow there's so many great resources and all these tips and they may also be like i'm exhausted these last couple years whoa and yeah. i just finished the design and delivery of a five-month conscious leadership program with directors and senior directors um, at a well-known financial institution. And these leaders, amazing leaders, wanting to be more conscious, but they were very burned out. Yeah. I mean, I, I really felt it. They were bringing the best they could, but they had a really hard time doing these practices amidst all the other things that they were responsible for at work and at home. And I conveyed the level of burnout that I was witnessing to the senior leadership because 
things need to shift mm-hmm. as far as how they're working um, or they're not going to be able to bring their best selves to the role or to their people. And so, you know, sometimes at the end of year, people may really feel burned out. And so when do we know when it's time to take a bigger pause, not just the holiday you know, a break, which might be two or three weeks. Some people have the benefit of of taking four weeks. But when do you know that you need to take a longer time? And, you know, when is sabbatical necessary? I kind of thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Well, from from my side of it, it I mean, to me, the, the person that comes to mind uh, just on that topic is, is Chip Conley. Yeah. And um, for, for those of you who don't hey, know... Chip! Hello, Chip. <laughs> we both love him. Yeah. He um he just left me with this whole language or concept of of psychic toll. And when we neglect checking in with ourselves, that eventually, you know, like all those thoughts and those emotions just continue to compact and jam up our minds until Typically, there's like a physical manifestation, right? Where like you, you know, your neck gets tight or your shoulders and, and so forth. You get the knot in your back. And usually the narrative is like, oh, I'm, I feel so, you know, oh, I feel overwhelmed, the tight, I need a massage, right? Which could help. But to Chip's point, usually there's psychic toll building that is causing that. And the, I do this with every single group because it's so simple and it's so easy to to stack into your day without adding more into your day, let's just say. And, and this is from Chip. This, these are just check-in questions with like when your coffee's brewing or your tea or your first glass of water. Like, how do I feel today? One word. And where do you feel that in your body? And, mm-hmm. and often, we, you know, just even identifying, you know, how we feel and where we feel it in our body releases that, that pressure, releases that emotion. And the best thing is that if we're not feeling great or we have unwanted emotions, then we can at least ask, well, where are they coming from? And if the flip side, and if we are feeling awesome or, or wonderful, well, equally important, where, what's fueling that, that great feeling so that when we inevitably hit the dip, we can go back to that thing that's fueling, you know, thriving mind and so forth. Because here's the thing, like whether you ask the questions or not, those emotions and those feelings are coming with you in the day, whether you like it or not, and they affect everything. And those are the things that lead up to those big breaking burnout points, right? Where you're you, it's like you need the almost like you need the forced reset. So for yeah. me, um, and I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to ignore your your question of like when to. When do we need a you know sabbatical or a bigger break? I think our our bodies tell us, and we know deep yeah. down. Like you know, a question could be uh, as simple as this: What what am I pretending not to know? And that usually will surface. Okay, well, I don't feel good. I do need a break. But to avoid and like enter into the new year with some preventative work, so that we don't get to that point, or we can at least flag ourselves like, oh, it feels like I'm a little off. These check-in questions where you get out of your head and into the body are so, so impactful. And it takes minutes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to completely unplug for weeks on end um, consistently, right? It's like, how do you build this stuff in to your regular routine and make micro adjustments so it doesn't feel 
um, like you're working towards the vacation, right? And that's more consistent, right? So, but then uh, like, I, since you're in it, I would love to hear your perspective on the sabbatical because there's incredible benefit in taking extended periods of time like that, even if you are not at a point of burnout. I mean, I think just a disconnect and yeah. moment, like an extended moment of, of stillness is incredibly valuable. Yeah, thank you for all those those thoughts and prompts. I mean, 100%, it's all about the body. And some of those questions are ones that I have in the chapters of my of my book that you just yeah. spoke to. But <laughs> yes, your book is right over there. <laughs> and so, you know, every... Our, our our body is our temple and I think has the most wisdom for those signs. And if we keep ignoring it again and again, it's going to speak louder and let us know. And so I, I would say coming back to the body and just really asking like, what do I need to thrive? And also maybe even doing a little bit of a retrospective of noticing where your energy and creativity is and where it's been at times when you felt more full and then yeah. getting a sense of how much time off do I need to just really unplug, to recenter, to not be in doing, but more being mode to restore. And I've hit burnout a couple of times um, over the course of, you know, being an entrepreneur and just frankly, having so much responsibility to manage all the pieces and parts. Cause if, I don't do it. No one else is going to do it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And I really got clear a few months ago that I was experiencing, you know, some burnout again, um, just after building out this brand new, wonderful program and recognizing I, I really want to have a lot to give next year. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take six weeks and that feels really luxurious and amazing. And I'm so excited about it and just really, yeah, really noticing like I deserve this, you know, coming yeah. from a place of of deserving of it. And not everyone is able to take that time. But I do think the notion of sabbaticals are going to become, I hope, a bigger part of workplace culture because I think they are so important. And I recently, I won't disclose who this person is, but um, he's a chief people officer that I recently had the wonderful opportunity to have a conversation with and get to know. And he's taken eight months off and he's about to start a new role in January, but he has what he needs now. And I think it's just becoming something that people are willing to talk about. And he mm -hmm. did it because he was burned out. Um, there's also this other cool podcast that I, I found maybe like a few months ago and it's called my millennial career. Oh, and, nice. Uh, it's actually based in Australia. Uh, Emily Bowen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out you a little bit. She's, she's awesome. She's one of the podcast hosts and she spoke pretty transparently about her own burnout process and how she took a three month sabbatical. And really what she learned from that to bring into the next role and the next iteration. And so I'm speaking about it transparently because that is conscious leadership. That is taking care of your mental fitness, right? We we can't lead others when we 
are really empty in the tank. And well, that's key. Yeah. That's key. Because I feel like, because I would be saying this, uh, and in a way, like I'm thinking this as well, like when I hear someone taking eight months, I'm like, oh, well, it must be nice to have that, like that luxury to to take that time. But the flip side is, yeah. well, first of all, figure out an appropriate amount of time that's, that's doable. But I would challenge uh, everyone as well, or invite you to think about what's the what's the what are the ramifications of not taking that time in right. this current state because right. it, we see it as uh okay that's a big break or that's a big disconnect but is it really when in the grand scheme of things when you know the 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 opposite result could be you know a year plus of real struggle yeah. right and that can be you know ideally or hopefully reset and and you know, you're left with a fresh perspective and a, and a, and a new start. So, you know, for, if, if there's anyone thinking that, I mean, I'm with you, <laughs> I'm with you as well, but I mean, we are, we are entering a natural, at least a natural period of time in the year, thankfully that the majority of the world does slow down. So at least I would say, let's harness that natural period. And, you know, I like, I like, I really like the prompt that you left. What do I need to thrive this year? And I'd, I'd maybe tack on like, how do I want to show up this new yeah. year, right? In 2023. And and even just starting there with those two questions and giving yourself the the time to really think about them. You know, don't rush the answers. Just plant them in your mind and take some walks and spend time with friends and family. Go back to those questions. I mean, just starting the year off like that is... Uh, or can be really motivating. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just, you know, as a prompt for companies and leaders listening to this, I really would love for folks that are feeling inspired, how do we create a strategy and operations and how we are building the new paradigm of work mm -hmm. and the future of work that really has at its foundation these conscious leadership, you know, aspects of how we're leading and the skills needed, and also integrating more mental fitness and sabbatical. When yeah. I consulted with Cliff Bar, which is a company that I love uh, in the Bay Area of California, they started years ago to have a sabbatical for every person that worked there for seven weeks. And you know, basically it happened every, I think, five years. And I would really love to see the notion of sabbaticals become part of the workplace culture so that it's not frowned upon. It's like, no, I need to take a break. I'm taking sabbatical mm -hmm. and I'm excited that this is coming, right? Yeah. Get ready for that break. Totally. I love it. Love it. Amazing, Carly. Well, we obviously could talk for, for uh, extended periods of time. We have personally. So, um, it's been it's been a blast. I, I just want to wrap it up, and and I, at least I feel. I mean, I feel like I'm. I took a bunch of notes. Of, I'm leaving with a ton of prompts myself uh, to to reflect on. So thank you for that, and thank you for you know being vulnerable and sharing you know your story as well, and and providing some insight into some of the things that you've had to reflect on and and where you're heading, and so forth. Any any final thoughts on on your side? No, I. It's always good to you know, speak with you and connect. And I, I also took away some valuable prompts from you. And I'm just excited to see what unfolds for both of us and how we can both be serving 
companies and this new paradigm of the future of work in the best of ways. Well said. Uh, right I know you probably you. leave, you know, um, you know, links in the show notes of how folks can get in touch with me, and I will do the same. And oh, of course, post, post your book and post my book, and yeah, lots of great amplification. Yeah, well, and I'd love to know, like anyone listening, just you know, if you've got you know great use cases or case studies and and different strategies and whatnot that. Um, that you've tried that that's worked well with on any of these topics that we're speaking about, please do share them. Cause I mean, you know, uh, I think, we're, you know, we're all in this together and we're at, we're at a really important time I think in history where we've, there's some great opportunity to make some shifts and, and make the workplace and as well as our personal lives, just healthier. And the ripple effect of that is exponential across the world. So let's share what's working, what's not working. And, and to your point, you know, amplify that across all our channels. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.